Hello and welcome to The Dive, season six, episode 22. It's really effing cold in here. And Emily joined us. Welcome. Yeah, I just bring the cold, apparently. I'm always, I'm always cold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're always cold, so I doubt you're the one who's like, yeah, yeah. turn that down. It's too hot in here. Winter is coming. Dad and- just sitting in the background, just like slowly turning down the thermostat. He's like, I'm, I'm on for this or out. that in a couple hours. Better turn it down now. <laughs> you okay, buddy? Yeah, seriously, are you okay? I'm, my brain is frozen, too. All right. Well, then I'll take over. <laughs> Emily is joining us. Uh, she's been writing the blurbs for a lot of the top five lists coming out. And Woo. so we want to break down two of them that have come out thus far. There's the top lane top five list and the top five jungler list. Starting with the top lane list, do you guys, what do you guys think of the order? It's Balls, Darshan, tied for sixth or fifth. You know, there's technically six people on the list. They're tied for fifth. Then uh, Dyrus, Hanser, Someday, Impact. Seems okay. <laughs> there, there are a few. So, like, this was really interesting to me. I, I don't, like, oh, my gosh, I hardcore disagree with this. But I was surprised that I didn't see names like Hooney or Licorice on here. Um, and there was a, a lot more references to, like, for example, Balls and Darshan tying at, at fifth was really interesting. Also, fun fact, since I have a... Special access due, due to the being the blurb writer. Um, this was overwhelmingly the highest separation between the top and the second place. Impact is just un- undeniable. Had, yeah, at 154 <laughs> points, and then someday it was at 81. We, we showed his yeah. stats on broadcast, <laughs> and he is like a thousand kills more than the next closest, thousands of assists more, yeah. hundreds of I, wins more. It's like not even close. It's not, and it, it may, it's very obvious too that it should be this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was on Cloud9 for so long, won so many with Team Liquid. Like, yes, it's obvious. Now he's on EG and they're dumping on everyone. It's like, okay. There is a wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> if you, know, you put something besides impact, you're wrong. Yeah, we got to go. The good thing that uh, ballots aren't public. I don't know if anyone didn't put them number one because otherwise you'd be getting named and shamed, which always happens like the all pro voting, you know? Now I'm super curious. Don't don't <laughs> out anyone. Oh, oh, no, I wouldn't out someone, but I am do just it. looking. Do it. I, I would do never do it. that. There is one person who put someone else. Dun, dun, dun. Who, who is it? I'm not, I'm not outing. <laughs> who, who is this person who I don't respect anymore? <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that I think is always interesting with these lists is like how people vote. Because you talked about like Darshan, Balls, Dyrus, yep. all kind of getting a lot of respect as like older guard-esque. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. feels like there's always two biases working against each other. There's like the people who weight the foundation layers even if they didn't have the longevity or like the highs that others have had later, yep. they get their respect for being there when the scene was being founded. And this is in all sports, you know, like people go back to like this, Bill Russell's the greatest yeah. basketball player ever, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and like, then you have the new gens who don't remember those days and they weren't there and they don't see how influential those people were. And so they like look at the longevity and the stats and these things that might not pop off the page and they're yeah. like, why would I vote for that guy? So there's these like two very different camps that argue a lot whenever these lists come out. It's so funny reading the Reddit comment. This one is vi- the top lane list. I feel like is the one that's most heavy on older players, mm-hmm. like yeah, uh, or very very older players, original scene players. I think top lane also has not had like aside for impact a player who has been at the top for a long long period of time. Yeah, like. Beer, excuse me, <laughs> Dyrus came at the beginning and then kind of tailed off. I think he retired at the end of 2015. 
And then Hanser kind of took over the mantle as best NA top for a little bit. And then he was like kind of battling Hooney during that time, but Hooney would leave or whatnot, you yeah. know? And then someday an impact kind of like took over. And so there's always been like these like waves where it's not been like Bjergsen mid, yeah. you know, like there hasn't been that for yeah. top. Yeah, I guess uh, two of the ones Emily said that popped out were like uh, Hooney and Licorice. Um, what do you think of those ones? I am... I, I'm a little surprised not to see, especially Huni. I understand he doesn't have the championship wins. He just has the mm -hmm. one with TSM. He kind of dipped out in 2017. I think he is the Lucian of the Immortals oh. uh, playoff oh, uh, blunder. He has a lot so. of big L's. That's <laughs> the but the yeah. reason it was such a big, crazy flop is because they stomped the league so hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where you get into a really interesting discussion with like longevity and then additionally what people's perception of that player is, right? So I think people's perception of Huni is a bit a bit more skewed towards his like very public mistakes mm -hmm. just because they were so obvious, like visually, visually obvious. Uh and and they were so glaring, which I think is kind of sad because like I, I'm pretty sure I tweeted this out during his um, announcement that he was stepping down as TSM's top laner. But like, I feel like he's gotten a lot more undue criticism in his career uh, and not maybe not as enough recognition or like not as much recognition as I would have expected someone of his caliber to have. There are so many small things he did, even like a couple of weeks ago when he was still playing for TSM, even when the team looked bad um that are like fundamentally good like he's he's just a really good player yeah i think one thing for me is he did something that a lot of top laners don't do which is join a bottom team or not bottom teams but like well clutch he he, he ran clutch up the that's, world that's mm -hmm. what i was gonna say clutch echo foxy basically boosted to third um he joined immortals which had other talent on it don't get me wrong like that was actually kind of stacked with him ran over and and all uh po belter and whatnot but like that org didn't exist before he got there. And then instantly they're a top team. He This happened in EU, but he did it to Fnatic as well. Yes, they were yep. a top org already, but he kept them up there. Basically, yep. every time he joined a team, that team became a title threat pretty often, or at least like one of the better teams. And I feel like, no shade, but like a lot of top laners are on winning teams playing weak side. And he mm -hmm. he had a very different style on Temley's point. When that fails, I think it draws a lot more attention. Yeah. Uh, that, I think it also hurt that like, the Fnatic, his time on Fnatic was 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 godlike, and then he also made it to World Semifinals on T1. You know these other region successes yeah. for him, which I think is interesting because if you actually look at his play on Fnatic, it wasn't always that way, right? Like he was heavily criticized for just having the itchiest TP finger of all time, <laughs> where he would just have these teleports bot lane, and they'd either be again really really good or really, really bad because he'd lose several waves and die in like a, a 2v2 or a 3v3 when he was like trying to have a man advantage bot side. So I think, I don't know, the evolution of his career is really interesting to me. I think also, I hope people did this, but if you're going to throw out players who had careers in other locations, mm -hmm. I hope people did not include in their voting NA players before LCS started. Because mm -hmm. that's also like for some of the historical ones, like... Dyrus and those guys were foundational in season one and season two of like the entire growth of the North American esport. But yeah. that was not in LCS the same way that Hooney's 2017 was not yeah. in LCS or whatever. So that's that's I think how, how I frame it in my mind is like it's only literally LCS and things that you accomplish while in the LCS. So I, I include international stuff. I saw some people debating in the Reddit comments if 
international accomplishments should be included. But I'm like, hell yeah, Darshan's MSI yes. final should yeah. be included. What the hell? <laughs> the, the way I did it is like, since they were so hyper-specific about it being LCS, I was like, international accomplishments with L NA org. Yes. So Representing. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not going to include, for example, Huni's time on T1 or Fnatic. I'm not going to include Core JJ's world championship win. Although it's worth mentioning, he is a world champion. Um, but in that, in that consideration for like the LCS list, I just included what you've done internationally with. Yeah, I mean, LCS. I think it would be ridiculous to exclude international performances where you're representing the LCS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're all on the same page. Glad, <laughs> to, hear, glad to hear that. <laughs> all right, let's go on to jungle because honestly, I wasn't that interested in top lane. <laughs> I, mean, I feel back poetic about Huni, but like, uh, yeah, a lot of the names on this list, I don't think people super disagree <laughs> with, even though we just spent so long on Huni. It's it's maybe less interesting because you're not a junk you're not a top laner. No, I think of all roles, it's the least interesting. Compared to every other list is more interesting than the top hmm, laner. Interesting. The top laner one. What's that take? Um, jungle list though, baby. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. The debate. Um, Exmithy, Blabber, Svenskeren, Medios, Santorin. How do you feel about that one? That was we. I just realized I put these in two different orders. So the first one was five. To I four. I just read yeah. it. Yeah, from no, top it's down. not your fault. It's, yeah. it's in the doc. Then this one is first to fifth. Yeah. So if anyone's confused, the fifth place is Santorin, fourth Medios, yeah. third Svenskeren, two is Blabber, one is Smithy. I just realized. Sorry, Kobe. Formatting made you. No, okay. I think it was good to read it this way. Okay. Yeah, you didn't like you didn't like the top lane list then. Yeah. Um, I had Medios higher. Did you Same. get did what changes did you guys have? I had Medios higher. So this is the one where I was gonna discuss. And they put him in a freaking Hunter LCS. Thieves jersey they as well. Yeah, they fixed that pretty quickly. LCS You're okay. like I impact. still see the tweet has a picture. Wait, it, it does? Oh, I didn't even <laughs> the, see that. The tweet has I, a picture because you can't update a tweet. I know. <laughs> um Medios is interesting. I'll say this. So this was my list, my personal list was Xmithy Medios okay. second. Blabber third, Svenskeren fourth, Santorin fifth. Um, and the reason why I rated Meteos so highly within the LCS pantheon is because there was a time between season three and, and during season four that junglers worldwide were looking at what Meteos did and how he played the jungle and taking what he did in jungle as a way to play that position. And I think that's actually such a strong point in favor of his legacy. And he's also someone, it's pretty interesting, he's had a lot of ups and downs in his career and been through a lot more organizations than I think people yeah. might assume <laughs> because I think people think C9 and then the 100 Thieves like resurgence in 2018, right? Yeah, 2018. Um, but don't remember the the optic ups and downs or like a lot of other ups and downs, you know, he had in his career. But I think that legacy point was really, really important to me because it might sound ridiculous in 2022 to think that a player was having like a demonstrable impact on how everyone viewed a position, like a, a North American player. Mm -hmm. But Medios was that. He actually did that uh, during his actual LCS tenure. Yeah, I, I had Medios super high because like people meme about the... Um, you know, KDA quote and all. Twelve point seven KDA but, superstar. But that, like, and, and there was a whole Medios ego account created. That all those memes and stuff came from how hard Cloud Nine, the original Cloud Nine, dominated in the LCS and the impact that team had 
on the LCS um, was was so huge. That that was so many people's favorite team because because of yes, how dumber they were combined with how they memed and how they um, you know melded the two. You know, they're having fun while they're dominating uh, the. I can definitely see the arguments for, I'm on, I'm for the, the other, other people um, because Sven Skaren was I'm a I'm part of the um, the glory of TSM during their mm-hmm. most successful um, roster. Their their roster, I feel like that was the roster that people loved the most was when they had Sven Skaren, um, Double Lift, Bilefrost, um, Bjergsen, and uh, Hanser. Uh, yeah. That's like... A, that roster f- always felt like it had the most fandom and it had the, you know, big kind of tidal wave building behind it. And then Sven Skaren also won MVP on Cloud9 mm-hmm. too. So that that to me is another thing is being able to have big accolades and stuff on multiple teams. Yeah. Um, also weighs pretty hev- heavily into it. I think that's, that's so I, I put Sven Skaren over Meteos. And I think for me, what it comes down to is the longevity point a little bit. Um, because while Meteos's peak, undeniable, that lasted for a year about before it started getting contested more. Um, it was 2013 summer, 2014 spring. 2014 summer was still... I think it was a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. By could, 2015, he, he was like in, in the content. Like other people were like, that was when Rush started breaking in and there were other. Okay. But then he also had his like dark Meteos arc on okay. P1 <laughs> where they were like, yeah, you can come and you don't even have to practice and you can just play and you didn't dominate. Yeah, I get it. But okay, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that like his peak, peak, peak days yeah. was, was a, a year, year and a half. And then I would say Sven's peak days were much longer. He had, yes, that year and a half with TSM when he joined because it was 2016 spring that they still made finals then. He then had 2016 summer he dominated, 2017 spring, 2017 summer. So it was about that year and a half as well. But then he went to Cloud9 and that's actually where he won his MVP. He made Mm -hmm. more finals with them, didn't win another title, but like continued to crush the league and people were like, I want to play with Sven Skaren. Like other people would watch him play. I remember being on the desk and Golden Glue just being like, God, I want a jungler like that. You know, like people, he was he was the best jungler in the league as well for a period of time. Um, and then you talk about the Dark Meteos days. Yeah, Sven had EG days where he was like still playing well and like live evil, baby. You talk about all the memes. Like he started a ton of memes. <laughs> Shuffling, Sven Skaren is a big meme. You know, yeah. like he, he uh, I feel like was the best jungler in North America for like four years about. Mm-hmm. I'd say he was the best jungler the year that he won the MVP. Um, Twenty the twenty seventeen year. I, can, I think better. it's way more deba- way more debatable for a lot of the other ones. I feel like there were there was there was always competition at least. Yeah. Whereas Meteos, there was a long stretch where it was like no competition. Like you're actually. Yeah, but know. then I think he he was his other time was respectable, but yeah. like no, uh, I I and I I agree. You know, Svenskan definitely definitely deserves the accolades. I think an interesting thing though is where people placed blabber because that's the real test mm-hmm. of like how the the time periods you know because to, to me i'm like i guarantee blabber is going to end up number one you know i don't i, I maybe not number one number two for sure is guaranteed mm-hmm. all he has to do to, to guarantee that to me is like just be around one more year play one more year but i need a little bit more time you know it still feels so fresh it's like when you're watching one of the current greats you know and you know he's going to go down in history. Yeah, it's yeah just you're like, like, how far can I move him up right now? Yeah. Even if he just like stays here and just keeps playing for another year, you know, I feel like he'll just climb up. 
He's also not helped by the fact that for, what, a year and a half of those years, he was splitting time with Svensk Aaron, right? So, mm -hmm. like, you yeah. have to include that part as well, where they were they were basically trying to do the, oh, we have Blabber, who's, like, the hyper-aggressive jungler, and we have Svensk Aaron, who's the more, like, stable one, and they were running the two kind, kind of, of telling that duos. even after Svensk Aaron won MVP, they were like, mm, bench and Blabber, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually might, for some angles, that could help. I also think something, so a person that we haven't mentioned that is the number one jungler is Xmithy. Because I think that, like, is, that is one where you understand, right? You're, and everyone's like, okay, he has all the accolades and made all the international events, right? Well, I also think it's interesting to talk about him in relation to Sven Skarin because where Sven Skarin, uh, where you're arguing that he's like the top, the top jungler during those years, I'd say in some of those years, Xmithy was still the better jungler, even if he wasn't having the same yeah. success. I feel like uh, Xmithy to me is kind of like the impact, but for jungle, where yes. his individual peak almost never was actually the best split. Um, like impact, as great as he was, I feel like, you know, there was always like, oh, is Huni better? Is Hanser better? Is this guy better? Is Someday better right now? There's always been, or is Licorice better? But like impact through it all has been in that conversation. That's Smithy to me in a lot of ways where he was always a top three jungler every single year. And he did the things that were dirty that people didn't like doing that don't get attention. Similar to impact, you know, like they're these guys who will get their teams to win. It won't always look flashy or nice, but <laughs> um, the longevity as well as the accolades are what put him over the top where you're like, wow, yeah, maybe someone got an MVP over you. Wow. Yeah, maybe someone had like a better split than you. But holy I, crap. I, I think imp I, I agree, you know, as far as like the structure, maybe. Yeah. I think Impact has a bit of a stronger case in some of, in some years as like, yes, look, he's number one. Top you know? guy year. Exa yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, imp yeah, I, I think that one is way more, um, like like we said, is a, there's a wrong answer. One person gave the wrong <laughs> answer. Um, uh, I, I, I would give people a little bit of leeway. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just be like, you're wrong if you didn't put Smith in number one. <laughs> Um, I right, like you could. I, right, I, I would. I right honestly now, would. Uh, I think I would. Mm -hmm. Right now, I probably would. But yeah, like I'm saying, in one year, you know, I, I feel like just a year of catch up for you know blabber or people. That's a good point. That and blabber you could say that slip right in. No one is overtaking impact anytime soon. Yeah, no. exactly. Because because right now is one of those years where you're like impact is the best top laner. <laughs> yeah. So how can how can someone be close <laughs> to overtaking him if he has all the accolades and right now we're living in the world where he is. He just keeps being the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. That's a good point. Yeah. Um but yeah for for Smithy, you know, since uh like he's he's clearly retired. He's coaching academy now. It's like, all right, this is the body of work. You know, this this is where it stands now. And you can see everyone, you know, trying to catch up. And uh, I think there's definitely more leeway there. The blabber one to me, like I said, I feel like even without even seeing his next year of play, if you tell me he plays all of next year, <laughs> I, I move him up, you know, move, yeah. keep moving him up my spots. Yeah, Smithy has the the one accolade that I don't know how anyone's going to catch, which is two MSI finals. You know, like that mm -hmm. just feels so difficult. They're like, in theory, Jensen could do it because he's still playing, you know, mm -hmm. like Impact's still playing. Yeah. They, they could get that, but it's just like, wow, that's insane. Yeah. I know people always also, or there's always at least a faction of people that don't really admire that type of jungling. Jungling mm -hmm. is much more 
different, I guess, than, than a lot of the other roles where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, there are actually multiple ways where you can find success and yep. be, you know, the, the most sought after jungler, enabling lanes, playing for yourself, super, super greedy, you know, stuff like that. And, and Jake was always playing four lanes, not the highlight player. Uh, I think the biggest highlights actually from him to me are when he would utilize Kindred Ultimate and and steal objectives. He was one of the first the pro clutch. junglers, yeah. you know, in in pro matches to jump over, deny objective with the Kindred ult, then get the smite, um, that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, and of course, anybody who's been in the spotlight also has a bunch of memes attached to him. The, Sej the Sejuani alts. Yeah. Um, it's funny because he had a period of time where I would say he was not super respected. Like, uh, you can go all the way back, and I don't think people talk about this part of his legacy a ton, is like the XDG days. Oh, Vulcan, yeah. Or, uh, excuse me, Man Cloud. And they were, you know, at Worlds actually pulling off really good plays as a mid jungle combination. And then, like, 2015, I think people, 2014, people were like, oh, he's not that good. That's where, like, Sejuani memes started coming from. Mm -hmm. Then, like, the CLG years, and they're like, oh, wait, he is really good. He's just had, like, these ups and downs, it feels like, where. Yeah, the you know, perception. you know what really helps him is that a lot of the teams after he left the team, they sucked. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's where I feel like you actually get a lot of firepower versus the people that are like, ah, look at his KDA, or he didn't get that many kills, or whatever. You know, the the interviews that his teammates give, yes, help him a lot, as well as the downfall of the teams after he leaves them help a lot because that bolsters the arguments of like, look how much he was doing for for his lanes. Look how much, you know, uh, shot calling he was doing, organizing the game, all these things. Prior to, so I was talking to someone about Ixmithy before I wrote the blurb, but it was just like not even related. And he was on, he was a staff member on Immortals during their Worlds run in 2017. And he was like, yeah, like at that time, it was like, so frustrating because we, you know, we thought we were pretty good. Two and four, not making it out of the group tied with Gam and Fnatic in terms of like record. It was so frustrating. But then he's like, now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jake carried us so hard during 2017. <laughs> and I feel like he's very sneakily like that, right? Like when you look back, his actual pathing, the way he was able to track his opponents is is really impressive, but it's not something you see up front. So then you go back and once you start actually reviewing his career and reviewing how he was always pushing his teams up. Um, it's it's really interesting, in my opinion, how that slides him in a very firm first place position, at least for me. Uh, I also like Kobe's point, though, on Blabber, where, you know, if he, if he continues the way he has, he's going to be the best jungler NA has ever seen. All right, well, that's our top five uh, section. We're going to do an ad now for the top 10 LCS players of all time. The list is coming out soon. Don't miss it. Share your top 10 in the comments of Share YouTube your video <laughs> or on Twitter. Let us know who you think is going to be on that list in the order. I think it's coming. I don't want to make it sound like it's coming out soon, soon. I think it's coming this, like. So our bullet here says it's coming out soon. Yeah, I just wanted to preface that soon is not like TM? I don't think Soon like TM. a week or two. I think it's a little bit further down the road. But it is coming, so get hyped because it is going to be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a big discussion. I mean, like, okay, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like it's always been the double if versus Bjergsen yep. argument. And like, I'm just curious. To, I, I don't know the answer, but like, I feel like that's kind of at the top of the list that everyone's going to be looking at. 
All right. We're done with our time traveling now. All right. <laughs> Back to the present, shall we? Boring. <laughs> I like to live in the past. Uh, we got a tweet from Polar Mars. Send us in the tweets, uh, any tweets, by the way, with hashtag the dive, L-O-L, or, or just tag... Uh, any of us <laughs> as well on our and we'll be able to find them um, but this one was from, yeah this one was from polar mar has the lcs become top heavy in the spring split it seemed uh to be a lot of teams in the middle of the pack but right now in summer split the top six teams seem to be way better than the other four now i noticed this when our producer pulled it and he interpreted it as has the lcs become too top heavy but yeah. this tweet doesn't state that it's a negative thing. And I actually agree and think it's a good thing mm. that it's a, that like, cause if your top just keeps getting bigger and bigger, if our top six is, is competitive, that that's what I want to see. I don't want to see a league with only like two, one, one, two top, top teams. If our top just keeps getting wider and wider, <laughs> I love it. We have more exciting games. I feel like there's always two schools of thought, right? Where people want one <laughs> team to just emerge and be like insanely dominant. Because I misinterpreted this because I didn't read the tweet and just saw the the uh -huh. like framing of it. As I was thinking, someone was thinking it's too top heavy with like EG at the top and then and then everyone else, because mm. I think that can always be an interesting discussion of like, I feel like people when they really want to hype up whoever's in first place, they want the rest of the league to be look bad in comparison to that team. So then you can just be like, this team's going to do super, super well when we send them to international competition and they feel like it's easier to make arguments. But I actually agree with you that the top six discussion right now is really interesting. Although I do think there's like a small level of separation between like yeah. EG, they're, they're not all and then the, they don't all yeah, the, and then the next like four. <laughs> but to that point, it's like, I like when there's a clear distinction of like these teams are playing well. And I don't look at teams that aren't in that category as like, haha, idiots. It's like this wasn't your split. Fair enough. You know? Freak. <laughs> no. Wow. No, no, I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there. I swear. I just mean that like I do like having a distinction of good teams above yeah. the line. Every time I hear that word now, that's, that's what all I'm you gonna, can think that's of. That's what think I'm gonna think of. You traumatized. Wow. It's funny because Fudge and Vulcan just tweet answer that to everything. They, they re reply to it to each other all the time. Oh, that's now. so good. It's great. Um, but I do like having I don't like when it's like a clear gradient of like this team has one more than this team. This team has one more yeah. than this team. I do like like, okay, CLG and FlyQuest are playing well. Can they actually punch above their weight class in mm -hmm. some sense? When you look at and that's and the best part. It's like yeah. they, some these punches are landing, you yeah. know, not all of them. But I'm so excited when you know we have we have a week of where everyone is able to jump on and be like, "See, I told you they're overrated. They do suck. <laughs> they don't deserve to be up there." And then all of a sudden, uh, and Mark even forgets uh, that uh, CLG beat Team Liquid, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> CLG's like, "Bam!" Yeah, right. Just completely take them out. Pal Fox dumpsters on on uh, on old Bjergsen. And and we get the the trash talk of like names are overrated, blah blah blah. It creates so many more conversations. Yeah, I think uh, to Emily's point about one dominant team, I think my ideal league has two teams in the like clearly better category mm. because then you yeah. get like the 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 head to head who's gonna win. If there's only one really dominant team, it gets a little scary. Where like if they don't win, then they suck and they underperformed. And if they do win, then it's expected. And it's just, it's like kind of a, feels like a lose-lose. It's not that hype. But when you have two teams who are like crushing it, uh, I think that yeah. sets up a lot of really fun matchups. 
Um, and then again, yeah, I don't like total parity. I think that we had a couple splits in the LCS where it was like six teams at eleven and mess. five. Yeah, and it's like, what do you? What's like? What's going on? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't like those splits. The honestly. infamous Mark Soup. Yeah, the, the Soup <laughs> split. Not even just because of the meme, but just yeah. like I don't actually think that's really good. It's as funny as it is. Like anyone can beat anyone. Like yeah. that's not as good as I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyone can beat anyone except for Dignitas. <laughs> In the best of one. They cannot because they <laughs> sold their best player. <laughs> Is that where we're going? Rip. LPS no. News no, that was just that was just a reaction. That, that was a transition to <laughs> me. So, uh, that was a great, great segue. <laughs> so moving on to some LCS news otherwise, uh, we have seen that Ablaze Olive is starting an academy. And the Golden Guardians changes are not over with the acquisition of River. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> They're just getting started, baby. It seems like, we, we, we don't know, this is partially speculation, but anytime an LCS starter suddenly is playing an academy, usually some shenanigans are going to be happening this weekend. Plus, we've heard some rumors mm. that add to these. Well, rumors <laughs> yeah. add to this speculation. Yeah, uh, so bas basically there's speculation because of Blaze Olive starting academy that leader who is their mid, will be in, which also, so if he starts an LCS, that would also mean that, presuming they're not going to swap out River, their superstar jungler acquisition, uh, that Prismal would have to start for support over Olive because he is a uh, North American player. Yeah, and, uh, and I think this is actually the direction they are going to go. Uh, so just to lay it out without all of the uh, convoluted yeah. stuff around <laughs> it, we think Golden Guardians are, again, changing their roster, and they're going to put Leader in for a Blaze Olive and Prismal in for Ole because of the uh, import rule. I actually am pretty excited for this because Leader and Prismal both have been playing a bunch of Champions Q. Leader is known for his assassins. That's how he got mm -hmm. famous in the first place. Uh, very excited to see. We actually have a chance of having a Zed mid uh, or Zed flex pick. Solid improving ground. Uh, <laughs> type of stuff for, for, for this team now. From and uh, the last day that I watched Champions two two nights ago, Prismo had three games in a row. He's spamming Lulu for some reason. And, but he had over six kills on Lulu every single game. One of the games he had 10 uh, kills and he had a 25 stacks Medjai's. <laughs> on Lulu. So I was just like, at first I was like, wait a second. Last time I saw Prismal, he was playing AD carry. Is he playing support now? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He switched to support this year. I was like, okay. It looks like he's still playing AD carry because he's taking all the kills and he stacked up a 25 stack Medjai's Someone's got to tell him you don't do that with support. <laughs> uh, it was or actually, gee. it was so funny because he was like flashing forward, you know, ignite killing people um, and, and, and finishing off a lot of these. Champions is admittedly very bloody. Mm -hmm. Tons of action all the time, so there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of these kills. Uh, but I I'm very he's excited just, for these changes. He's just look, trying to sub in for Ole. You know, Ole had the four kill Nami game. You know, yeah. he's just like, oh, that's what you do in the LCS. Got to get ready for it. Yeah, pick up kills in solo queue. I think uh, for anyone who's more curious, just about Prismal and like why he swapped, he did put out a twit longer mm -hmm. in May, I believe, where he basically talked about like a lot of struggles he's had, um, and he did say. Uh, uh, as far as League, a lot of people have been telling me to role swap to support since I started my pro career. Um, <laughs> I mean, that he, go, he goes into his own history, but like this is a very North American thing, right? And like yeah. it is kind of frustrating because there was a time Frisman was performing super, super well and everyone was like, he's a really good ADC prospect and he just never got those opportunities. And he basically said, 
because he was feeling so burnt out that he started playing in Proving Grounds qualifiers as a support on Jake's Kittens team, mm -hmm. uh, which he was like, he felt like he he wasn't sure at that time whether it meant that he was role swapping. Obviously, now we know he did, but it was cool uh, to see him kind of rediscover his love of the game through that. And then also he ended he ends that paragraph in the short longer with playing enchanters is fun, so I enjoyed a lot. So there you go, Kobe. <laughs> We're just yeah. If we see him in LCS, he's just going to be flashing forward on Lulu. I'm and looking. I'm for guys. sure going to be looking for his Lulu because <laughs> he was went dark seal on second recall and that sucker up fully upgraded to medjai's uh, i would like to add that he has been on golden guardians it says for 15 days total <laughs> and <laughs> and if this if these rumors are true then 15 days is enough and he's going to be put into the lcs uh that's all you gotta do swap to support we've Mark. seen a lot of people get thrown in quickly you know it's not, <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary here in the lcs um i'm yeah I, i'm pretty excited for it though uh golden guardians this just brings me back to the original um, reason behind their late season changes. They mm -hmm. very clearly stated, we are going to make a very hard push and they are serious when they say we want to get a world spot. I know a lot of people look at just, you know, top three, maybe four, maybe five, lock these things in. Golden Guardians in their announcement were like, we're picking up River we are going to make a hard push through playoffs. And they did not have the success immediately. This yeah. first weekend was a was a giant flop. And so they're like, we're not done yet. Make some more changes. <laughs> like, they're very serious. I actually like this look from them. They're going to try and do everything they can to make a hard push. And even though I would say the majority of people have them outside of world's qualification for sure, they believe, Mark. I was so ready to believe with the river pickup and being like, oh, maybe this is what they need to get over the hump. And then they went 0-2 in a pretty easy week. Not like mm -hmm. CLG is a walkover, but that's like one of the teams you're going to need to hurdle. Damn straight. Yeah. If, it's like this is the sixth, fifth, sixth place team right now, basically. I know yeah. they're tied for third, but, you know, like this is one of the people you're going to need to claw over if you want that world spot. And they lose that game. It was a little back and forth. Then they lose the CLG one. Yeah, the CLG one was Yeah, really yeah, in the first couple minutes, it was bad. Well, it was very bloody. And then Stixie <laughs> kind of recovered the game. They were still like a couple thousand yeah. gold down, but they had three dragons. And then they died and they lost Baron. But like, <laughs> it felt like, okay, CLG is respectable. That loss, it's not the end of the world. And then the TSM one happened. And that's when I was like, ugh, you guys don't have it. You know? Mm -hmm. So I was pretty disappointed after the river pickup, not helping really at all. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the individual, like, were you disappointed in river? A little bit. His poppy looked kind of bad. Mm. He didn't get any wall stuns in the first like five minutes. The the bot dive. He missed the first one onto instinct. Mm -hmm. Missed the follow up one onto. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking. Support, TSM support. Chime. They swapped it four times. Chime. Chime. The former Golden Guardian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He missed that one on Chime. Chime starts taking over the game. He misses multiple wall stuns like on other gank setups. You know, like it just didn't look like it looked like contracts pooped on them with Poppy the day before. And then he's like, I can play that. Mm hmm. I don't know. I, I like River too. It just wasn't a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not. It was not. Yeah, I think, I mean, what you saw from River is that he was a lot more proactive with his lanes than Pride Stalker, right? Which is what we expected. And then now, I guess, presuming they are making these changes, um, they want to give him, I guess, another, a different laner in mid. Um, because, I mean, while he was on 
dig that was his highest proximity lane was mid he was involved in a lot of their first blood kills he was just like very very active early and also kind of predictable in the way that he would set up for for bot lane plays um and you did see still some semblances of that but then just a lot of misexecution so i don't know if it's going to help uh only because they have a very limited amount of time to come together. <laughs> uh, Understatement. <laughs> That's what I like. Okay, there, you know, pressure, pressure can can force some exciting changes, and at, at the very least, it's gonna be fun to watch. And yeah, I cool. like you became such an optimist all of a sudden. It's crazy. Became all of a sudden. Yeah. I feel like that's I've, that's always been my brand. <laughs> I've always been the optimist to your pessimist. We're like yin and yang, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> What is this? Are we are we high five? Yeah, what? What? Fingers? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, the camera pulled away when we. It's did. like a mirror image or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Wait, we got we got to do the. Uh, yeah, yeah, the dance. Dragon Ball the Z. Dragon Ball Z uh, uh, formation. Um, regardless, like uh, leader is going to be an exciting mid laner to put in. This this man displays m the majority melee assassin mid laners, and with the twelve fourteen changes yep. also being synced up. For right now, with these changes, the game is also changing to like, okay, dragons are going to be stronger, worth more. Rift Herald didn't get harder to take, and it added 200 gold. So more gold just got put into the game. Love it. With both Rift Heralds, by the way. Second mm -hmm. Rift Herald, you also get 200 more. Um, so there's, there's more stuff to try and fight around, around mid lane, around these neutral objectives. And top one, two, three, four, five, six... His top six champions over his career played for leader are all melee champions. Yeah. They're all melee assassin champions. Like Rise is the only one that isn't. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I think a Blaze Olive also had a bit of a, a rough weekend, so I'm not surprised yeah. to see. Um, like if you're going to try it at any point in time to bring him in, this is a, a time to try it. So. Golden Guardians, not dead yet, still uh, in the playoff hunt now. They're, they're, yeah. if, if the season ended today, they would still be in playoffs. Um, but I think we still are hoping to see a little bit more out of them to see if they can start breaking into the FlyQuest CLG kind of category. That, that, that to me is my takeaway. At least it, I'm like, I can see, you know, the the pressure behind the scenes where mm -hmm. they're, you know, coaching and management and they're all trying to make changes. You can tell um, that they really do believe this is uh, this is the shot, so... Cool. I'm excited to see it. Um, he has, of course, I'm looking at the most recent match history. Uh, Akali, 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 Silas, Silas, Akali, <laughs> and a couple of Azirs. Sustain down. Let's go. Time to kill. Also, uh, J4 buffs coming in, you know. Ooh, Rivers. Yep. Unlocked. All right. Let's go talk about some other teams. You guys want to start at the top of the table? <clears throat> Yeah. Take e us away, Mark. Yeah, e guide me. Wherever EG you want to go. Good. Be my shepherd. EG good still. <laughs> they they 2 0 this weekend. Uh, so the FlyQuest game was pretty stompy. They, they kind of just got took care of them. The Immortals game, they absolutely should have lost. It was so funny hearing Freaks call that, like, they win the game twice <laughs> and then they lose the game. Uh, but it just speaks to the fact that the Immortals is playing better. Maybe we'll talk about that. But EG didn't let that one get away 2 0 after dropping game last week. Man, they. They really pulled off a heist with that one. <laughs> I was so ready to write them off for that one. Immortals had it. Oh, my God. What a heartbreaker for Immortals. It did show 
the EG clutch factor, though. And that's all I could say in the end. You know, when Inspired comes in and he just yoinks the Elder Dragon, he jukes out the back of the pit, the most fed member from Immortals goes over, tries to get him. He just heel bonks him, jumps away, and, like, escapes back to the rest of the team. And you're just like, all right, fine. EG are still so clutch that, like... We've been giving them all this praise for how they've improved their macro and they're so much a better team than, mm -hmm. than spring. But sometimes they still just got to rely on, you know, some clutch late game objective fights uh, pulling it out. And I'm glad that they, they do still have that piece of magic too. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much of this is a hot take, but I think the best teams always have that as well as... Yeah, like, dominant. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you so think like, of like the SKT dominant era, right? You know, they they had some games where they had to come back. There, Well, there are going to be times where you just make mistakes and you chuck the game to your opponents and then uh, uh, the greatest teams will have individuals that can make the plays to turn it around. I mean, obviously, people are going to keep going back to how unlucky that Baron was for TL, but like if you don't have Danny making that play... If you don't have him making the Tristana play, you know, uh, previously, even though they lost that series, um, if you if you don't have Inspired on this team being able to make the play as he does, like, that's what makes them such a good team is they have the facet of, they have improved their macro a lot, actually. Uh, I do think they see the game more holistically and a lot better than they did in spring. But then they also just have really cracked individuals on the team that can make outstanding plays. Yeah, I think the funniest thing for me this weekend was the thread of like top lane, lose lane, win game. Impact had it in this <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Fudge got slammed by FlyQuest, but then they won yeah. that game and came back. And then uh, Whippo also was 0-4 in his TSM game and yeah. they won that one. So like, it was so funny having Fudge on the day as well, talking about like how stupid top lane it was. Is. Yeah. It was funny. We did get some counter arguments with Dokla had a super strong top lane game and and was one of the big carries. But that, yeah, that that was a really hilarious thread because it's close to the top laners' hearts. Uh, plus, we have this story with Licorice's tweet. Uh, yeah. So perfectly <laughs> encapsulating <laughs> the, the like love that the top so lane much. cult or whatever yeah. Yeah. goes on up there with with those players. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just, I'm super excited to see EG. I think EG is the one team that everybody's like, all right, that's on our world's roster. All right. I feel pretty good here. It's at least one representative yep. lockdown. Um, going to be, going to be super fun to watch. Um, what else is on your potential world's watch so list? I, Hunter Thieves? Actually, it's a, it's a pretty good, good time to have some like side conversations here. I think there's two cool like interjecting conversations just with LCS and with EG. Yeah, who are your top three teams that are actually going to go to Worlds right now? And then who is your MVP right now? Because you're talking about, oh, if Inspired's not on this team, I think Inspired is the MVP of the whole league right now yeah. uh, as well. So yeah, EG would definitely not be the same without, uh, without him right now. I would put, yeah, Inspired is my MVP. Does anyone have any other MVP? So I think he's the front runner, but I haven't even heard backups. You yeah. know, which is sometimes a little weird when you're like, Inspired's leading the league, yeah. most likely. And it's like, well, who is, who's backup behind him? Let's see. Uh, I, go, like, uh, I, I, have a, I have a kind of a sneaky one. Okay. I wonder if people have thought about, I guess, but very quietly. And we said this about, it was Raz, right? Who was super on the closer and or someday train and 
in spring when we were trying to think of like who else would be an MVP I've candidate. Been, I've been Summit. defending but someday. Someday ha- is very quietly having a really good split. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about the spring, I don't know if you listen to the dive episodes in spring, but I felt every episode I was defending someday's honor versus Azale. <laughs> and what <laughs> a battle every week where he's like, <laughs> we, I, I, we, we act, yeah, it, it was, the, it was our reoccurring um, <laughs> weekly battle or whatever. Uh, I was trying to defend someday's honor, but uh, yeah, I think either him or closer depending on the day and depending on you know who's who's got the big performance that's that's definitely in the conversation I, I would actually just throw it straight behind someday so we're not stealing votes he's done more melee carries it feels like this split mm-hmm. than even last but like last split he slammed Trindamere over and over again and was really good on that but it mm-hmm. wasn't like diversity really because if it wasn't that then it was his other play style mm-hmm. but here he's got a Fiora game Gwen Silas and Akali and mm-hmm. has kind of popped off in all those he smurfed on <laughs> Dignitas. I mean, yeah. not not the the biggest accolade like feather in your cap you can yeah. have, but like he's he's the played, happy birthday game. As the it, happy birthday it game. Is known. He also has his NAR, like his weak side games, mm-hmm. which are still really good. But he's he's played a lot more pop off games. I think it, you could even make the case that this is maybe a better split than last split for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, it is actually. Yeah, I think he's probably number m- number two. That's a good call out. I mean, yeah, we could you could throw out some Cloud Nine ones as well if, if Cloud Nine's ascent continues. Like Fudge or Blabber, probably. It's probably another either top or jungle. Yeah. I got it. Maybe Berserker, like, even? Could you do Berserker? I feel like they they won a lot of games where, they like, Sven and him had some kind of sus lane phases, but he's been really good. You just, you just, you put Berserker as your vote and then you blame Sven for the, for the, oh, and no. he's the you're just like, ah, that's why. Sven's still learning his position. Sven, take some hits, okay? You recently roll swapped, it's okay. You can take some hits. We're trying to rally for MVP for it's, Berserker. It's that meme, you know, the meme of the soldier with the, with all the, taking it's all the shots in the back. And Sven's like, Berserker. I'll take the hits for the, whatever sus lane faces. I mean, a Cloud9 call out's good because if you eliminate Eliminate week one when it wasn't their starting roster. They have the same record as EG. Yeah. yeah. What about CLG Dokla? Huh? Bench. If they if uh. they make it into if they make it into <laughs> you bench and Emily goes. So uh. so the thing with CLG, I am like I'm I've obviously uh, outed myself as like just a fan of this team because I like how proactive they are. I like that they uh-huh. are willing to make all these early moves. Like they have. Uh, just an insane amount of kills early and also a ridiculous amount of deaths early. Um, but they've improved on like how that works. I do think though for CLG's success, the mo- the Dokla is a massive part of it, but it's also their mid jungle working so much yeah. better together. I um, I was describing the CLG's current state to one of my friends that hasn't um, watched LCS this this year, <laughs> trying to like update on on all the standings and stuff because they were like, ooh, playoffs is coming around. I'm, I'm going to get back in. You know, what's what's going on? I was like, oh, actually, CLG is looking. And he's like, no way. And I was like, well, they're basically like evil geniuses in spring, but on a sugar high. They're like <laughs> kind of, they're like these, they're like a little kid version that just had a bunch of sugar of, of old EG. Yeah. And so sometimes they go super way too aggressive, but like it's that same kind of feeling where you're like, oh my God, you know, it's one of these like good teams. They're always willing to fight, all, you know, all of these objectives. Sometimes, um, 
you know, they, it goes a little, a little too the, far. The but best, yeah, the best thing about CLG is that regardless of game quality, you know you're going to get an exciting game that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like it's been a while outside of EG that we've been able to really say that about an LCS team that has such like demonstrable weaknesses as well. Yeah, so I think it's pretty cool conversation to have too about like kind of the ways that some of these teams play. I would I would say the the group of like fun even in the durability patch that we're playing still playing aggressive was is eg cloud nine uh or eg clg and cloud nine um i think that group has been the group that's most successfully remained like proactive and uh you know willing to to fight a lot of these fights would you add any other teams in that bucket so funnily enough i was talking to Bwipo on hotline league about team liquid's like the perception of team liquid from the community mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they have the biggest goal difference at 15. Yeah. They may, and they're top three in kills and assists at 15. Like they actually play lane phase pretty aggressively. And where yep. the passive idea comes from is that they sack a lot of objectives in the mid game. Yeah. And so, like, even though they're technically a fast paced team and their game time is actually very quick, the community thinks they're slow because there's objectives where it's like, what are you doing? Just fight it. Yeah. And I and I think the this is kind of a limitation of the language that people use when they're discussing yeah. teams like this. It, because yeah, they're not slow, but there is this lethargic kind of later stage where people are like, okay, you got here. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so crazy. It's so crazy that they have had some of those stages where they like, you know, can't push push it across the line in the mid game or or in the late game because that team does have so many veteran players. Yeah. I think it really I would recommend that people revisit their ideas of what like proactivity and aggression mean because A, just I don't think they're also the aggress same. is not a word. When people people say, Oh yeah, they're they gonna aggress on, on them in the bottom, that's not a word. <laughs> um, Stop me from saying bitch. Start <laughs> start using it. I'm gonna start using it in my everyday English, language. Languages are living, man. They change. You know, you know, you're aggressing on me a little too. Yeah, right that, that's that's my bad, y'all. Macroaggress. <laughs> Microaggress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but TL, like to your point, are are actually like really, really strong early game team. Yeah. And it's then with their mid game where you're looking at it and they're approaching things a little bit too hesitantly, in my opinion, where they <laughs> should be pushing their leads. Like if you are playing a lot of these kind of really strong run over the bot lane 2v2 or bust teams, when you see a team that's like really comfortable with those compositions, uh -huh. they are just running over the bot side of the map. Like they are invading the opposite side of the jungle. They are having absolute Drake control. Yeah. They are, um, and then snowballing that to the rest of the map. And that last part is what TL really struggles with. And I don't know <laughs> if it's because their veteran players are all like a little bit more hesitant to make plays or they're not on the same page or, or what's going on there, but it's definitely more of a mid game issue than a early game issue. I feel, I feel like I'm almost watching an entire lifespan of the generic financial advice that people give you for, for saving when you get older, when you watch a team. Oh game. yeah. You start team really Liquid, aggressive. Exactly. Uh, team Liquid, they start out, they're like risk tolerance is through the roof. We've got our whole lives to we're play with. Dive bot. Yeah. Exactly. We can take risks. Our whole, you know, we're young. Boom, 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 boom. And then as the, game progresses they're like oh we're about to retire i'm like 50 <laughs> years old please we got a risk tolerance down you know Jack put it in, put it in bonds we're not we're <laughs> oh, they're, they're not gonna go for any objectives and you're just like 
what's going on, guys? You're watching them take objectives now? Like, <laughs> Okay, so we started this conversation with top three potentials it, and MVPs. We very heavily have off the rails. Yeah, fun. But <laughs> fun to, go, stuff. to bring it back, though, since we're kind of smack-talking TL, we were hyping C9. Are, are you... Does anyone disagree with EG C900 Thieves right now? Would you? That's what, that's what I put forward for my top three, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the unanimous vibe right now. And TL misses with the super team. Yeah, that's what I would put if only because C9, they have an over-reliance on like having their individuals make mm -hmm. really phenomenal yes. plays, right? That's like their, their quote-unquote weak spot. But you can see, A, if you take out that first week, their record is mm -hmm. really, really strong. And then secondly... You can see improvement from week to week to week with this team, even with some individual misplays. So I think it's like, it's very good for C9 that you can see that improvement. And also, again, that they have just a bunch of really good players who can end up saving a game for them. I also think, even though sometimes it does come to an individual outplay, like uh, that over-reliance, once that happens... I think they're able to dictate the pace of the game really well once that like shift happens. All right, so kind of agreement for right now, and this is just for this time period with with those three. I would say the three that are closest to breaking into uh, our suggested uh, teams right now are Team Liquid, yep. CLG, and FlyQuest. Mm -hmm. Those are yep. probably the first In three that, that people will raise their hand and be like, what about those three? And then... Little golden guardians over here in the outside. They're they're like, hey, can't even hear we're it. gonna make some moves. Yeah. We're making some moves. It's like a minnow. I'll have we're to I'll have to see <laughs> what trying, happens. Trying to with break that. in. I feel like that that's kind of that's the structure uh, the structure right now. Um, and as we get into playoffs, you know, once the teams have solidified their spots, uh, of course, then you kind of adjust your viewpoints. You're like, okay, we made it here now. New jumping off point. Um, to Ooh. to try and break into the top. I like how you try to bring it back to when we were organized at the beginning <laughs> because we had two organized uh, questions. One was the top three teams that you thought are going to go to Worlds and our other one was like MVP um, suggestions. I think we... I think we covered... We, hit, we, we covered, hit on them yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The other thing that's really cool right now is it's not just in theory like... Because sometimes you have top six and you're like, who's going to break in? But legitimately, there's a three-way tie for third right now mm -hmm. and FlyQuest is just one game behind that. So the top... It's not the top six are close together. It's yeah. the third through fourth or six are very close together. And like, I'm so curious if Team Liquid will ever win two games in a weekend or if it will just be one and ones until the end of time. I mean, they're pulling an EG, right? And in, in spring, it was EG that couldn't string like two, yeah. two wins Maybe that's in a row the copium, together. The hopium angle yeah. is that they won a split going, <laughs> never winning more than two games in a row. Yeah. I mean... We're just saying, like, the, this is the the seats that they're sitting in now. Team Liquid very well have the capability of completely oh, changing absolutely. this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. They have the capability. It, they just haven't utilized it yet. Uh, we we very well could see uh, switch from them and then, boom, rocket straight up to the top. Yeah, I think them. I think what's interesting between them and C9 is that they both have like clear areas to improve. Mm -hmm. To Emily's point, C9 falls behind and then often uses individual outplays or something to come back. Mm -hmm. Or they even when they win, it's like, oh, Blabber's Olaf just popped the hell off. Great. Um, whereas for Team Liquid, they have such clear these lack of activity issues. If you were coaching a team, which issue would you rather be trying to solve? Because I, I mean, like Cloud9's winning in this, but like you're not guaranteed to fix those problems when best of fives roll around. 
absolutely C9. So that's only from an outside perspective, right? Because it's a lot more easy to diagnose that. And with TL, there's been this pattern since week two, right? Of, mm -hmm. of this kind of like, we get ahead early, we stomp lane, and then something is going on in the mid game. I know like last week, you guys said that you would much rather have a TL problem where it's like a communication thing than a then a like Who our players that? our players can't it was well, I was didn't it say that in comparison to Cloud9. Yeah, it wasn't in comparison to Cloud9, it was just with TL. Generally, just, I'd rather not have a skill issue. I'm just verifying because in the morning, Emily said that we talked about the top lane list. This is true, episode, and I was completely wrong. Apparently we Because hadn't. apparently my brain just <laughs> inserted that conversation in. Um, but yeah, like I think for, for C9 at least, it seems like it would be easier to address some of their issues. Um, it also just seems like from week to week, they are already improving on that. Um, so then it's just a question of when they get to best of five, what's that gonna look like? Uh, Sven actually had a good quote this last weekend where he was talking about, again, you know, his his relationship with Berserker. I love tracking this bottom lane because mm -hmm. it's such a funny pairing. <laughs> it's a really them. random I actually, I love I love listening to their, uh, their comms whenever, <laughs> it, it happens sometimes when they get on the same champion ski team. Um, but he had his little quote where he's talking about trying to teach macro to Berserker like Mithy taught it to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's kind of one of these uh, little passed down from the ages <laughs> <laughs> type of uh, ancient history. From the OG Neils days. Yeah, exactly. I also say it's just such, now that you mentioned, like just such a funny pairing of like a role swapped import EU guy working with, like who's like has this legendary it's, career working with this yeah. like upstart super respected prodigy Korean kid. And it's yeah. just like the weirdest combination of people to be stuck in a lane together. What's funny to me is that Sven's humor is so cloud nine. It just fits, it's so good. Like this Europe, this very sarcastic, dry. dry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get him on a cast uh, one of these days. Well, but he'd be good. Let's, let's <laughs> move on because we hit so many of these top teams in our beautiful diorama of the LCS <laughs> that we <laughs> constructed for you. What about TSM? TSM was not mentioned in one of the teams that is close to poking, you know, um, towards Worlds. Their goals... Yeah, why are you disrespecting them? You're talking about Golden Guardians, Kobe. TSM's time Excuse me. Their goals are correctly on getting into playoffs. And this is one of those teams where you're like, all right, get into playoffs first, then move to the next goal marker. Um, another 1-1 one, one weekend for TSM, though, is, is a good thing to me. Yeah. With yeah. all the changes that they had to go through, I think this is actually, it's a, it's one of these cases where you have to readjust your, your goalpost again for this team. Like, it, this organization had to go through so much that uh, I think this this is now the new metric for success. What, what about you? I, I mean, I agree. I, I when they initially started making changes in going into week four, I think it was, mm. for me, it was like, just make internal metrics. I really don't care what mm -hmm. your external ones are, you know? And I think like, for me, what makes me excited is not like, ooh, you're now in playoff contention. How high can you get? If you qualify, what can you do? I'm more just like, whoa, Chime, let's let's go, yeah. dude. That was sick. You know, like, that's what I'm looking at. And like, Spica and Maple still are working pretty well together. Um, I, Solo, they played around him and found a lot of kills generally. Like he's, as a stable player on the top side, I think he knows how to work with his team when 
he reminds me of Afro a little bit, but in top lane, like Afro with his junglers, is able to find a lot of kills. I was, yeah, I, my eyes went up just because the personality of those yeah. two people. Diamond. In game, I just mean that, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. requiring a ton of resources, playmaking around them seems to be easy. Yeah. Um, this weekend, they abused Whippo and they abused Licorice, but it wasn't like the game plan was like solos are carry. And I think um, their bot lane needs to stabilize a little bit early on. They got dove even in that, that game against Golden Guardians that they won. Um, and it was kind of more Golden Guardians not having a super clean dive. But like you can see the potential of this roster should they make playoffs um, where if bot lane's stable, your mid jungle is really good, solos uh, a rock in the top side, you know, like they, they can actually make a little bit of noise. I was just super happy to see Chime have like an insane pop off game. Yeah. Like, obviously, it was on the Bard. So, uh, the not, funny thing about that, that is, I brought this up when he got signed to the team. His he had lost all his professional games on yeah. on Bard previously, and so this is the start of the happy chime noises. And he, he he's also joked that he kind of like sprinted it when creating his name because he was previously a Thresh one trick, not a Bard one <laughs> trick. Even though like obviously we just saw him take over a game on Bard, yeah. but we he had like a really good uh, Rakan game against uh, FlyQuest. He had, uh, even in the Immortals loss, I thought his L-Star was pretty good. Like yeah. he's, I think you can see the individual improvement from when he was on gold, the Golden Guardians roster in the LCS previously. Like he has a lot better of an initiation sense. Um, and, and hopefully he is able to work better with Spica as the the weeks go on, because I just think that's an important communication point to have. Uh, between your jungle and support when you're making thought, initiations for, for skirmishes and stuff. But like, it was it was really cool to see him have just an individual pop-off and showcase how much he's improved as a player. Yeah, he's he's one of the short list of supports in Academy, or who were in Academy, who should yeah. be in the LCS, him, Ayla examples. I just realized Golden Guardians traded him and then immediately needed him. No, that, that's what I was about to bring up, is I also <laughs> thought it was funny that his his first uh, <laughs> or his uh, I didn't his even LCS. Think of that. I was wondering what your face was. <laughs> well, as, as soon as you started face. talking about some of like the the, the the him going from to Golden Gardens, I was like, wait a minute, they just swapped for Prisma. <laughs> exactly. That's how I was bringing up how Prisma has only been there for 15 days. I forgot why he wasn't there before, and it's because they had Chime, and then I they trade no Chime, either. and then they need Chime. What? And then they lose to Chime after he's on TSM. <laughs> Wow. So they traded yeah, him away and then immediately got, take me back. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's why these uh, That's why these late season changes are always so uh, so hype. All right. We have to talk about the greatest 0-2 weekend you've ever seen from Immortals. Oh, it's but so heartbreaking. I feel like over the course of, of the history of that org too, they've had so many splits where we talk about Oh my gosh, they got so close. Didn't we do that last split oh, yeah, see, and last yeah, year? Placing wise. And you're always just like, there's so many weekends where they have zero two weekends. But this was literally was against the number one games. and number two team in the league. Yeah. EG and 100 Thieves, they were so competitive in both of those games for a team yeah. that was nearly getting perfect gamed yeah. constantly. It's like, wow. And it, it sucks so much because we've been harping on broadcast of like, here's what we want to see from them. We want to see Kenvy working better with the team, uh, especially Power of Evil in the mid lane. Like we want to see them using revenge split pushing more. And like 
We've seen all of those things improve post they get the break <laughs> and they just still can't get the wins. And it, it is really frustrating because like they have visibly improved in game. Yeah. You don't you don't have any you're not you're not hyping them up. Do you think you have an outside chance of them breaking into the the playoffs, stealing Golden Guardians or TSM spot right now? I think li- you you cannot exist and not have an outside chance of breaking <laughs> into playoffs, Mark. There are what only about two Dig? teams that don't get into playoffs. What about Dig? They, so you've always got an outside chance. Even Dig, <laughs> even Dig have an outside chance. Only literally two teams don't get in. Oh my god. Okay, here's here's the the positive angle for for mortals because they just played EG in Hundred Thieves. That's some of your dip, most difficult competition. No, they the should they should be on the rise. Yeah, they already played C9 as well. So you're playing this weekend, Dig and Golden Guardians, two very winnable games. Your last week is about against a bunch of those teams who are kind of in that fifth sixth spot. They're gonna play. They do. Oh, excuse me. They do play C9, and then they play FlyQuest and CLG. So like. With a little bit of a run here, I think they could do it. Yeah. Believe in them. Yeah. I think Revenge they have the same, off. similar goals of like TSM, you know, and stuff like that. They're looking to get that that break point, get into yeah. playoffs, and then have some fun. I mean, do some work and get to the top and yeah. qualify for Worlds. And then slap Faker around in North America. Revenge. <laughs> yeah, slap him up. All right. What's your game you're looking forward to the most this weekend? We've got We've got Saturday and Sunday both in here. Okay. And my laptop just turned on. Mm. Uh there's there's some really good matchups. Um in particular, there's Team Liquid versus FlyQuest and yep. EG versus Team Liquid are both banger games. TL has a good interesting weekend to track, especially with the whole one and one streak. Yeah. I, I like the FlyQuest Team Liquid one because those were two of our teams that were we currently have outside of our world's qualifications that people are raising their hands and, and trying to punch in there. So you make them fight each other and determine who is really worthy. <laughs> There's also the uh, the CLG hype train that could collapse this week with because they so they have games against it could C9. not collapse. I this know. is the whole point of but the CLG. Like, CLG uh, just keeps on bouncing along, even uh, if they hit a loss. It's okay, keep going. Uh, I, I I love CLG as I've already <laughs> said. Um, they have two really important games though, right? Against C9 uh, yeah. and then against FlyQuest and. FlyQuest in particular is another team where we've been looking at like they had a rough week, but it was against top teams. So mm-hmm. previously they had a really strong week. CLG is coming off of a week where we were like, we really want to see them perform against these teams. Like if you are actually trying to make a push as a top team, you need to 2 this week. And they did exactly that. So this is a really, really another like important week for CLG. It's also the spicy pepper game kind of because we, oh, we yeah. did a prediction at the start of the year of who was going to break into the top half of the league. I think it was top six. Was it top six or it top, was five? top five? It was top five. You're right. Um, I said FlyQuest. Raz said CLG. TSM had or Chat had TSM. He's kind yeah. of bullied into it. <laughs> I, I wasn't on that waiting room. I can't do spicy pepper challenges though. You'd because have to make me fun. do something else. Yeah, you you just chomp them down like nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a big game for that seeding of, of who's going to get that top five spot. Yeah, and then Jet, Jet's already done so. Jet has to do pepper basically. <laughs> yeah, like... it's just about who's joining him now. <laughs> yeah, I like that FlyQuest played both Team Liquid and CLG. You know these two yeah. teams that are tied for third. Yeah. Yep. All right. That will do it for the LCS recap, but we have one more thing before we sign off. We have an anchor.fm question from James Harper. Let's take a listen. 
How's it going there, Dive Team? I wanted to reach out and ask you guys your individual favorite North American championships. Um, I mean, I have a bias because I went to the finals in St. Louis where Team Liquid reverse swept. I remember how hyped that was and how exciting that was in the, in the arena. And I wonder if you guys have an experience that was similar or different. Anyways, thanks again for taking my question. A longtime fan. Love the work you guys do. Keep it up. Alrighty. So, favorite LCS championships? I know my answer immediately when I first heard this question. I was like, it's probably never going to change. Is MSG? Yes. Yeah. It is TSM versus CLG in Madison Square Garden. It, the, it was absolutely insane. The energy in that arena and the noise. And I literally had two... Uh, people who worked for the NBA come up afterwards and they're like, this is louder than it's ever been for any NBA game. What is, like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is the future! <laughs> and, and that's the whole reason all those NBA oh, teams good. bought in and franchised. Yeah, Kobe. I sold them. <laughs> I was like, you can trust me. My name's Kobe. <laughs> you know, we Kobe. can relate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that... I it's just also just locked in my brain with so much nostalgia too. Like that, I don't think that ever... It, it was also the death gets, of the double of trophy case meme. It had everything. Yeah. There was so crazy storylines. I got the shot about the faithful being rewarded. Mm -hmm. It was like... Finally, double if gets his trophy. Oh my God. There are just so many things. We had like 700,000 concurrent viewers. It was insane. That was really cool. That whole weekend... One, we got third place. AO, I mean, not like it was that big of a deal, but it was really cool being on the stage yeah. for that. It was easily the biggest stage. And then we had a, a fan meet and greet at a random park in New York. And it got so big that like the cops came and shut it down. And we thought it would just be <laughs> like, this little thing, you know? Yeah. So like we were not prepared for like how hungry New York was at that time. Yeah. And he means we Team Liquid when he was he, yeah sorry he was on Team Liquid yeah, at that time. At that time. Not, not like me. <laughs> just like held a fan meet and greet. Um, for me, just to be a little different, because I agree that one was nuts, uh, I would say Toronto. For a similar reason, it was a 3-1, slightly mm -hmm. more competitive. There were some really hype plays, and the crowd was just absolutely nuts. It was the loudest event I worked as a broadcaster, because I wasn't working MSG then. I was on the team side. So, yeah, that was one where, like, on the analyst desk, I was just like, I can't even think. It's so loud. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking either... 2016 championship but more the one at the air canada center which is now named something else that i am gonna forget um i love toronto their crowd energy was amazing it was also like so that was my first year of being able to cover events on site because that was my first year for the score so i was not on i was not a broadcaster i was a journalist um but I despise Las Vegas. So even though that final Bay one, was yeah. super interesting to me, uh, I like can't <laughs> breathe whenever I go there. I have like oh. serious lung issues. Yeah, it's it's something completely unrelated. Uh, it's just not a fun place for me. Um, Valid reason. Yeah, but uh, but that <laughs> finals was really that. interesting to me because TSM had a really rough like regular season like that spring they were trying the yellow star roster that just did not work like they finished nine and nine they only came together that playoffs and then the the reason why i would say the toronto one as well is because that series was really hype and it was also 
before their hopes were dashed at Worlds. Like, that was the final that everyone was coming off of and being like, this TSM team, like, this is a legitimate contender. And this wasn't just people from North America. It was a bunch of, like, pundits from around the world that were looking at the way TSM played, and they were like, this team might actually have an, to be able to do something interesting at work. That that was the year too, where there were there was the most intense um, reaction to scrim results because yeah. a, a bigger part are are, are the the pundit reactions is that. All of the top teams kept telling, you know, the casters and stuff from their regions, like, holy shit, TSM, like, it was actually, like, 8-0-ing people in scrim blocks and stuff. And and I, and I kept hearing this from multiple people yeah. from different regions, and I could not help but just, like, I got so excited. And that's why it, like, crushed the hardest. <laughs> When we actually lost. It was it was very 2012, like Taipei Assassins in terms of the way that people were talking about TSM skirming. I'll throw one more out here, and it's totally unrelated to anything that fans would care about, but Miami was sick. That was probably my favorite place that we went to. (laughs) Miami was super sick. That was just like a vibe. And unfortunately, the finals kind of sucked because Team Liquid just crapped on (laughs) them. Both series were were stopped. But we got to go party earlier. (laughs) Well, it's not even just the partying, but like the hotel was like right on the beach. You know, like just the vibes around it were so fun. Like we had a live hotline league where like everyone was just there for and we were just like, oh my God. Dude, I actually remember panicking. When I woke up the next day after the hotline league, because we were like drunk on it. And I was trying to remember, did I say anything that's going to get me fired in the morning? You know, I'm one of those people that when I go and party, like I get really outgoing and like shout and yell and like pick people up. But then the next morning, I'm always like calling people like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Did I embarrass myself? Um, You know, uh, that sort of thing. And I was just like panicking. No, it was all good times. Yeah, didn't, didn't say anything wrong. Uh, we got some funny pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to give a shout out to Houston Finals, even though I didn't go out or do anything, really. That mm. was obviously my first finals as as someone uh, on a broadcast in a live event right. situation. Because previously like, for, for spring last year, there was no audience. And for summer, there was no audience. And that was canceled. And the crowd... When A, the 100 Thieves predictions came in and they were all just booing us. And then yeah. the energy that was behind EG is Danny, something that I will like Danny, never forget. Danny, Dan- when they started shouting Danny and chanting his name, it was the whole arena. Yeah. It was so, so cool. Man, the, you bring, bring up the prediction things made me so sad again because... <laughs> They got mine wrong. I had EG in there. Oh, and then, yeah. And, I remember and, that. And Freak knew because I was like using talkback and I was like, oh, they got my prediction wrong. Mine's, mine's supposed to be EG. And they're like, ah, we can't change it. It's, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. And, and Freak was like <laughs> listening to us and he was like, relax. It doesn't matter at all. And then when the camera came to us again for the intro, he's like, he turns and he says something like, and because Kobe predicted 100 Thieves, like... And I was like, threw you under the bus. What do you want me to say, man? I I can't correct you because no, the viewers don't care and they're not gonna know the backstory yeah. or whatever. And so I just had to take it. Yeah, yeah. and that's why I was just sitting there. Salty. On the plus side, though, you guys were on the Voltron stage. That was the yeah, coolest that was no, setup ever. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, that's a really good answer because one, that is legitimate, the best caster setup that I've ever had in my life, and I've done this for twelve years. 
that that is the coolest setup that we have ever had. Plus, it w- had been so long since we've had a live event. The feeling of of being back in there, like I I always at the very beginning, like my eyes water. I get a little, a little like, emotional <laughs> just because like there's so much you know energy, and it's so cool to be in an arena full of just gamers that are all you know aligned and interested in in video games that much is such a it's still such a cool thing to me you know because growing up is we grew up in the dark ages before gaming was cool yeah <laughs> got made fun of yeah but now everybody likes knights and dragons and magic i play everquest back then no one liked me <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Our producer just goes, we still don't like you. Dang <laughs> <laughs> it, guys. All right, I'm doing all the banger. Uh, Take us out, Mark. All right, we're ending the show on that. I'm getting bullied. Uh, that'll wrap it up for us. <laughs> Remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Leave those comments we've been asking about so you don't miss an episode of The Dive as well. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM. And remember to submit your questions on Twitter or Anchor FM like that one we just did. Went down memory lane for LCS 10. Very yeah. nice. Uh, we Thank love you to Emily. Oh yeah! For Thank joining you, us. For joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, let her know. Tweeted her that she did a great job and stuff like that. Comments everywhere. Also, whatever. Zale, who's hopefully still having fun, what visiting his family and. No, he Canada? just went up to the mountains cabin. Oh, he's, okay. he's in his for retreat. Some reason, I so thought, if you tweet at him, he's not going to see it. For some it. reason, but, I thought he was visiting his family, but we no. should figure. So that. he might be. <laughs> he might be going. Like some of his family might be going to the cabin okay. also. But right. He like goes up into the mountains in a cabin. Everyone should tweet at Azale. Oh my God! Did you hear the news? So he gets yeah. really big FOMO, <laughs> but there's actually no news. So everyone <laughs> who's still listening through this extremely yeah. long outro, come up with your own panic-inducing tweet. So my concern is that people will say something very panic-inducing. Yeah, don't don't actually. Freak out as Don't Azale. actually freak him out, but make him think he missed something really big and be like, I can't believe it. What do you think, Azale? <laughs> and then he'll be like, what did I miss? And he'll never be able to find it because nothing <laughs> happened. Anyways, LCS continues with Golden Guardians versus 100 Thieves. We'll be there, so you should be too.